sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the southern suburbs of Nashville, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's my privilege to be here at this microphone five days a week and spend some time with our family and friends out across America and around the world on the stations where this program airs each day. We're excited about that because we believe we ought to stay Christ-centered. We ought to be scripturally driven. We ought to be preaching the gospel, proclaiming the whole counsel of God, doing all of that boldly, forthrightly, in a straightforward manner, and yet compassionately and warmly. And we work at doing that. We want it to be that way. And I trust that when we get together here each day, that we'll have something for you. This week and last week as well, we've looked at a series of questions found in the Bible. I've called them compelling Bible questions. Now, honestly, I've selected the questions because there are hundreds of questions in the Old Testament. There are hundreds of questions in the New Testament. Many of those questions answer themselves just by the way that they're phrased. But we've looked at nine of them already, and uh, we want to look at a tenth one today. This one is found in Luke chapter 18. And we'll read it in just a moment if you want to be looking it up. I want to remind you the National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming July 18 through 21 in Walkertown, North Carolina, there in the Winston-Salem area at the Great Gospel Light Baptist Church. Great facilities, large facilities, plenty of room. Everybody's a walk-in, no advance registration, no fees at all. Just be there. We'll be delighted to see you there. Bring your family. You'll find things for everybody. It'll be a wonderful, wonderful time. July 18 through 21, National Sword of the Lord Conference. And do get in touch, and I'll give you the address at the end of the broadcast, and ask for a sample copy of our newspaper, The Sword of the Lord. It'll be a big help to you, and I want you to see it. So listen at the end of the broadcast for the address. Now, let's look at our question today. This is question number 10 in this series of compelling Bible questions. Jesus says in Luke 18, 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And the question there is, shall he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man, talking about the Lord Jesus, when he comes again, will he find faith on the earth? A very probing question, and yet it's one that gives us insight And at the same time, it is somewhat indicting, and it does make a strong, strong statement just by asking the question. Now, this question follows the parable that Jesus gave about the unjust judge. He talks about a widow coming and asking and continuing to ask. And finally, the judge just says, I've got to give this widow what she wants, get her out of my hair, uh, because otherwise she's going to be pestering me on and on and on. And Jesus says, as a result of that, you need to listen to what the unjust judge said and know that God is going to take care of his people. God is going to stand with his people. He is going to take up for his people. That's the essence of what he's talking about there. Now, at the same time, he concludes with this question, which has a note of uncertainty about it. Will he find faith when he comes? He wants to stand with his people, but are there going to be people with whom he can stand? Now, let's look carefully at all that's told here. This verse in which the question is raised 
makes clear that Jesus is coming again one day. Now remember, when Jesus ascended up to heaven, the Lord dispatched two men, two angels from heaven, and uh, the Bible says in Acts 1, verses 10 and 11, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So right there at the point where Jesus ascended up to heaven, the announcement was made that Jesus would come again. That's repeated the subject is reiterated in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 when it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. So, yes, it will be the Lord Jesus. He is coming again one day. He himself promised in John 14. He said, I will come again. So we know for sure one of these days the Lord's going to come. Anytime I talk about that, I feel it's necessary for me to say nobody knows exactly when he's coming. The Bible makes clear of the day and the hour knoweth no man. So we need to understand that lest somebody start trying to tell us, well, it's going to happen next week or next month or the next hour. We don't know when he's coming. But the emphasis in the Bible throughout is that we be ready, we be attentive, that we be alert to the fact that it could be at any time. Now, what he says here in this passage is when the Lord Jesus comes again, the question is, will he find faith? Now, that word faith there is a very prominent New Testament word. It's a very strong New Testament word, and whenever that word is used, it means more than just intellectual belief. Although, if you do not have the intellectual belief, you're not going to have the trusting faith that you ought to have either. So, yes, we need to acknowledge intellectually. We need to say, I know, I understand. God is God. Jesus died on the cross. We understand all of those facts that he died on the cross, rose from the grave, paid our sin debt, purchased salvation. And from a standpoint of just what we know in our mind, we need all of that information. We need to know that and acknowledge that and say, yes, I do believe that. But this word faith means more than just an intellectual understanding because it means that we believe it sufficiently that we will trust it. We will put our eggs in that basket, so to speak. We will risk everything on those facts. We will depend on the Lord Jesus and nothing else. And that's why we don't depend on getting dipped in water. We don't depend on joining the church. We don't depend on our good behavior. We don't depend on doing good works. No, we are depending. We are putting our trust in what Jesus did for us on the cross and in his resurrection, and we are trusting him entirely. That's the kind of faith, number one, that gets you into salvation, that gets you into the family of God, and that will ultimately get you into heaven. So intellectual belief, yes, we have to have that, but then there must be that believing with the heart. Remember Romans 10 talks about that we must believe with the heart, and that's just a matter of trusting him. Now, once we have trusted Christ for salvation, he acts on that and births us into his family, and we literally are born again, born again spiritually, and we are received into God's family. Once that takes place, we have a heavenly father, and we should begin to listen to him 
and obey him. And all of that should get to be in evidence pretty quickly once we have come to trust Christ as Savior. So the question here is, when Jesus comes, will he find faith on the earth? You say, why the question? Why would that even be a consideration? Well, you remember in John chapter 6 and verse 66, there were people tagging along after Jesus. They were listening to his lectures. They were hearing him preach. And whenever they got to a certain point, verse 66 says, many of them went back and followed him no more. Well, you said the Bible says there they were disciples. Yes, they were learners. They were not committed yet but they were listening and learning, and it came to a point where they said, enough's enough. We don't want any more of that. And we have people like that today. Sometimes they join the church, but they didn't get converted. Maybe they just think getting baptized or something like that. And so they'll do something that looks religious, something that they think will cover the base, and it doesn't. And there'll come a point in time where They'll say, hey, you know, somebody did something to me or somebody didn't speak to me or something didn't work out or all at once I don't like going to church or it's too much pressure on me. They'll find some reason to bow out. They'll find some reason to just leave it alone and let it go. And so like those folks in John 6, 66, they'll go back and not follow anymore. Now, why is all of this happening? Why is it taking place? Well, don't forget about the passage in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 that talks about the perilous times of the last days, and it says, men shall be lovers of their own selves, self-centered. They'll be covetous, just looking for whatever they can get next, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, what a list that is. And you say, man, the world sure is bad. Dear friends, don't stop reading where I stopped right there. We've got one more verse we have to consider. Verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And it goes on to say that you and I should turn away from that crowd. That means we don't need to follow those who are going that route. That's a religious crowd that that passage describes. They are into all kinds of wickedness, all kinds of worldliness. They are doing everything in the world they want to do, but the Bible says it's only a form of religion. It is a sham, in other words. It's not real. They're not genuinely converted. They're not walking with God, and the result of that is Many people are going to think because they've got religion of some sort. They go to church on Easter, or they go to church uh, on Christmas, or maybe they are doing a little of this or a little of that on a daily basis, and they think that somehow or another, going through the motion, doing what they're doing, but not genuinely converted, they think somehow it's going to get them in. Well, what all of this passage tells me is this. The enemy has come in among us. He has been enticing. He has spread his lies, and a lot of people have bought into them. He's made all kinds of false promises, and people look at it, oh, that's what I want, that's what I like, and they find themselves taking the easy route. And we have to acknowledge always that easy does sell. If it's easy, we all like easy. We'd much rather go the easy route than to take some difficult course. 
But some people will take all of this in and they'll say, hey, it's the trends, it's the times, it's the culture, it's what everybody does in the 21st century. And they will be into things that they ought never to be in for and they don't even realize the devil has ensnared them and they have fallen for it. So this is the kind of thing that is happening in our world today and it's the reason why we have the question, will Jesus find faith on the earth? So let's apply the question. Let's don't just assume this is for everybody else. Let's apply it personally. Let's apply it to us, to our family, to our church, and ask ourselves the question, are we in faith? Are we living by faith? Are we living the faith life? Are we trusting the Savior, walking with Him, obeying Him? Are we doing what a faith person ought to do? So what does all of this mean? Well, it means we get salvation if we trust Him. It means that we're going to trust Him sufficiently, that we can walk with Him daily and obey Him whenever He speaks. Whatever the Lord says, you and I ought to follow that, whatever's going on in the culture. Whatever the times are demanding, whatever the trends are, you and I should not be enticed by the culture. We should not be enticed by our peers, but instead we ought to trust him through the valleys. We ought to stay true to him even when we're on the mountaintop, when everything seems to be going our way and not giving in to the pressure. So when Jesus asked this question, and it's here in the Bible, it is a question that you and I need to answer. We need to have fresh on our mind, and we need to say, will Jesus find faith on the earth? Well, let's be sure that he'll find it with us. Let's not let it slip away. Whatever others may do is not the question here. It's what I will do and what you will do. Will Jesus find faith on the earth? Well, dear friends, thank you for being along today. I do hope that you'll write and ask for a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper, now in its 88th year of publication, and we look forward to sending it out to you. So write to me. Let me know that you hear the broadcast. I'm Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until we get together here again on Monday, I trust that you'll go to church on Sunday and we'll see you right back here. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and a great weekend. Goodbye for now.